Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number four of Off the Hosel. I hope everyone's doing great today. I uh, really hope everyone enjoyed the last episode with Scott Allen, uh, aka Sass Golfer. Uh, he really has some great insight of the game in Saskatchewan, what he's up to, where he sees it going. Um, a lot of good insight there from uh, Scott Allen. Uh, check him out at sassgolfer.com. You can't go wrong there. We are on Spotify. We are, we're also on Anchor. And Radio Public and Google Play now. Check out those new uh, podcast apps. Check out the Twitter page. Comment your thoughts. Who you would like to see next. Um, pump them my way. And we'll definitely try and get them on the podcast at some point. First golf tournament of the year in Saskatchewan is the Men's City Amateur. The dates of this tournament are May 23rd, 24th. The they signed up, check them out on Twitter at Regina City Am at YQR City Am. Off the Hosel is proud to announce that we have a first sponsorship of the show, and that is Timberstone Distribution. Check out what they have to offer. They offer stone, brick, siding, stucco, landscaping, and fireplaces. Be sure to contact them for all your needs. Their email is info at tsdstone.ca. Uh, man, on to today's guest. Uh, we have Chris Carley. Uh, this should be an exciting interview. Uh, a lot of people asked to, to hear him, so uh, definitely can't go wrong with this one. For people that don't know Chris, he's an absolute weapon. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great guy, great personality. can always count on him to make you laugh, and he's a hell of a player too. He's an absolute stick, so uh, looking forward to some of his stories. I had the pleasure last year playing with him, meeting him, and also playing with Dean Brown last year, and uh, it was myself and the two guys that I think that can only rock the visor when I thought Dean Brown was the only guy ever to rock the visor and uh, make it look good. So I had the pleasure of meeting those guys, or meeting uh, Chris last year, so uh, he's a great guy. Um, let's head on over now to Chris and the interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. Off the Hosel is proudly sponsored by Timberstone Distribution. They offer stone, brick, siding, stucco, landscaping, fireplaces. Be sure to contact them for any of these needs. Email info at tsdstone.ca or check out their website, timberstonedistribution.com. Chris, how are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, no problem. So I uh, I saw you setting up the practice net the other day. Um, <laughs> how's the swing? <laughs> the best way to describe my golf swing right now is like a speech impediment. It's <laughs> uh, you know, it's there. It gets the job done, but there's a little bit of stuttering and stammering in the middle of my swing. So we're just trying to iron everything out. For sure, for sure. So. From Cardiff, correct? Yeah. Um, when like, I don't know when you started playing the game, what got your attention, kind of thing, and um, I mean, wanting to play golf, just kind of give us a well, rundown on that. You know, I started when I was four. So, do I even remember playing at that age? No. My uh, my grandpa was a big golf guy. He was never really good at it; just loved to play it. He cut me down a seven iron, got me a little putter, and drug me out to our little nine hole course here. And he just 
watch me pound the ball around. So I guess it was one of those things you just, it's like guys with hockey in that. If you're born into it and a stick's in your hand at an early age, you just, you start playing it and you just slowly fall in love with the game. And it was, he was an, he was an unreal man. Like he, uh, he had the most patience of anybody I ever know. Like who would watch a four-year-old beat a ball around for hours on end, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. That's, uh, I mean, kind of how I got into it, obviously. I mean, I'm a little younger, but, I mean, kind of same thing. Just started, started playing and hitting in the fairway and, and then kind of just roll from there. Um, yeah, it's not, something, it's not something that you remember even starting, you know. You hear people that start when they're 9, 10, 15, even yeah. 30 years old. But it just, you, you know, you're born with it. And that's that's kind of how I got started. And it just slowly progressed into a, a love for the game. So I mean, we kind of talked last night a little bit too. We had a we actually probably just recorded that. It had a, a, a two part <laughs> segment with you. Um, so like obviously like I mean we talked and, and you played collegiate golf. Um, I mean we kind of just touched on it. Like like did you just get into it and continue to get better and better? Because I mean that you are quite the player. And um, I mean just touch on that a, a little bit for us. Well, my road I guess is a little bit different than most. Like I uh, I played golf when I was young. Growing up, uh, Grappa got me into tournaments, junior tournaments, but I was never an outstanding junior player. I was always decent. You know, I could win the Carnive Junior Tournament or the Esteban Legion Golf Tournament or any of that stuff. I, I played well. Provincials never did real well, but always played it. And then uh, I graduated early from high school. I was 17, so I was able to go down and play golf at uh, Bemidji State in northern Minnesota. Uh-huh. Uh, the only, the only reason I picked there was it was close to home. I could go play golf. And actually a guy from our hometown had just graduated from there and he played golf. But no scholarships there, but you you got to play the Bemidji Country Club. You had to play at least three rounds a week. It didn't cost you a dime. And, you know, you get, then you got to go on and play tournaments. We had, you know, 15 guys on the team. We'd only take five to a tournament each week. So, you know, you had to compete to play. For sure, but, yeah. It was, it was fun. It was, it was close to home. It was less than an eight hour drive. And, you know, it was just problem with me is I hated school. I was too young when I went, um, like you and I touched on this last night a bit. I went to school for accounting, Yeah, but you have to take all the other stuff that goes along with it. The biologies, the sociologies and all that stuff. And like I said, it's, uh, I'm sitting in a biology lab dissecting a fetal pig when I want to be doing accounting and playing golf. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> I, I packed it in after a couple of years and, and moved back home for a little bit. So. No, that's uh that's great. I mean, I, I don't know. I just kind of like still kind of on that same kind of topic. I mean, I know I've, I've never, I've never made it yet to a, a national event uh, for people that don't know. And correct me if I'm wrong, Charles, but uh, was it eight Canadian men's amateurs in a row you went to? Uh, Canadian mid-ams, but yeah, eight in a row. Canadian mid, okay, okay, eight in a row, Canadian mids, and three were team, correct? Three were team, yeah, right in the middle. I was on uh, three three teams, so um, I don't know Just how much time you got, but yeah, the, the road there was a little bit different too. Like, So my first, first time I went to the Canadian mid was in 2010, and, you know, that's 10 years ago now, so I was 32 years old, so I kind of, 
I was late into this whole golf Saskatchewan competition provincially and any of the tournaments like that. It, it was, you know, I lived in Minneapolis for from 98 to 2002, hardly picked up a golf club, maybe played really? six, 10 rounds a year because I couldn't afford to. I was working, uh, I had rent to pay, I had bills to pay. And it was just, it was a struggle. I was the early 20s, didn't have a whole lot, didn't have a whole lot of money. So when you're there, you're not buying memberships and you're not driving to the golf course. So yeah, it was, like I said, it was like 10, 10 rounds a year tops until about 2002, moved back to Cardiff and started working here. And I, I played. You know, you go out with your men's night, you go out on the weekend, play with the boys, and it was just playing around, playing around. And uh, and in in about 2007, a switch turned on, and it's kind of an interesting story. Um, anybody that follows me on Twitter knows my handle was always used to be KWC Two Aces. Now it's Three Aces. Well, that's not that comes from a that's my initials and the amount of home ones I have. Well. Back when I was a kid, my grandpa used to fly me down to Phoenix for lessons from uh, uh, an old pro. He's an old teaching okay. pro. He used to be the University of Eau Claire, Wisconsin golf coach. And then he retired down to Phoenix, and he still gave lessons. And he was a swing guy, great guy. And his email address was his initials and two aces. So that's where I come up with that. It wasn't something saying that, hey, I got two aces or three aces, which it is, but it was kind of Humble paying brag. homage to this guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, yeah, but it was paying homage <laughs> to this guy because it, when I was starting to put out a Twitter handle and trying to find a unique handle out there, I yeah. remembered back to the guy, his name was Jim Inglesby. And in 2007, my my oldest son was like a year and a half old and we found out that, that Jim had taken ill and he wasn't doing well. So I decided to hop on a plane and fly down to Phoenix with my son and surprise him because I hadn't seen him in like 12, 13 years. Yeah. So I flew down there and I surprised him and we were sitting in his backyard in Phoenix, having a, having a talk. My son's running around and he said to me, he goes, in all my years of coaching, there was two golfers that I thought could make it somewhere. He said, one was a girl that I had at the university of Eau Claire. The other was you. And I said, I said, and what happened with that girl? And he said, she spent a few years on the LPGA tour. He goes, what have you done? And I said, absolutely nothing. So I flew back, flew back wow. to Canada and said to my wife, you know, maybe it's, I want to start playing. And in 2010, I had two, two kids then, five and two. So the Saskatchewan Mid-Am was in Kenosie, which is an hour and 20 minutes up the road. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go try it. Let's see what this is about. See if I can play tournament golf. And yeah, actually, in, in all honesty, I did not make a quota spot that year. That year. I tied 17. But there was 10 spots. There was three guys from Alberta ahead of me. And then some guys dropped out. And I got I remember getting the call from Brian Lee saying, do you want to go to Ottawa? And at that time, we didn't have a lot of money. I had a young family. And I'm like, do I want to spend money going to Ottawa? Because, you know, Gulf Saskatchewan was giving four or 500 bucks to a quota guy, which covered the airfare. And trust me, anytime you've been to a Nationals, it doesn't matter who's paying. You're spending two or three grand. Yeah. Most guys are two. With my liquor bill, it's three for me. So, <laughs> so decided I may never get the opportunity, went there, and Royal Ottawa was one of the best environments ever. 
and it hooked me. And then after that, I started playing a little bit more and playing more tournaments. And when I was playing in like 2012, 13, 14, I was playing the mid, I was playing the am, I was playing, you know, um, Saskatoon City am and uh, Pub Links and the Regina City am. And I'd play five, six, eight tournaments a summer. So, yeah. So that's kind of, that was kind of my, my first taste of, of, of uh, nationals and mid-am golf was all in, in a span of about three months, two months. So I, I, I guess, I mean, like that's, those are some incredible stories. I mean, obviously like just getting there and, and how you got there and then obviously you played in a Canadian men's mid. Um, like what, what are some of your, some of your best experiences, I guess, on either those eight uh, Canadian mids or, uh, just give us some, I don't know, intel or some stories on some of that. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know what, they're all, there's, there's so there's stories from all of them, but I'm the one you remember the golf, some more of the people you hang out with, the guys you meet, the, you know, your stomach hurting from laughing so hard, but probably yeah. <laughs> the biggest one for me was the first three mids I played. I missed the cut. I missed the cut in Ottawa by three. And then the next two years I missed by a shot and, Missing by a shot is an absolute gut punch because you know exactly where one shot was. And we're playing yeah. some, we were playing some unreal courses. We Royal Ottawa was was great. And then the next year we're in Coppinwood in Toronto, which is absolutely one of my top three courses I've ever played. It's a beast, it's beautiful. Missed by a shot. And then the next year we're in Vancouver at Point Grey. Well, everybody knows Point Grey. You know, again. Another one of Canada's top courses, and again, missed by a shot. Three putted the last green to miss by a shot. Yeah, you know, so so probably one of my best memories, I guess, would be 2013. That was my first team I made, and um, I got a, I got a, I got to kick the guy while he's down. I beat Coben in a playoff to make the team. You know, everybody knows Colin (laughs) Coben, golf Saskatchewan legend. Yeah, Um, Hall of Famer. He's the only guy that I've ever played golf with that you feel like he's cheering for you, but he wants to kick you to the ground too at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how he does it. He, he's the best guy. He wants, he wants you to beat him at your best and he wants to beat you at his best. He doesn't want anything. And, but he's, he's just an absolute true sportsman when it comes to it. And we were, we were playing at, Deer Valley and Regina and we had a playoff for third place or the team and <laughs> Golf Saskatchewan he still giggles about this Golf Saskatchewan set the playoff up on one and nine which everybody knows is par fives and back then I could I could get the ball out there and I remember the first playoff holes downwind and I hit driver eight iron to the par five and he hit driver and a wood of some kind we both birdie and then we go to nine and I ended up making birdie he made par and I made my first team and he was first guy to come over, give me a hug. He knew what it meant. And so then we got to go out to uh, uh, Blackhawk in Edmonton, you know, another, another great track in the country. And I guess that one was not only my first team, but then I made my first cut too. So probably if you're asking me, my best memory would be that 2013 year first team. And I made my first cut. I, uh, Went 75 the first day with five three putts and an albatross. And <laughs> the second day I went uh, 66, 
So I was sitting T9 after two rounds, and the third day I fired a sizzling 83. Well, <laughs> but what do you do? It's just the way she goes sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think you grind so hard to finally make that cut that the minute you've made it, you, you forget that there's still more to play, and it, it it happens. And you know, I I remember standing on the tee box the last day on the tenth tee, and the starter saying, "Weren't you off one late yesterday?" And I said, "Yeah, I was." And he goes, "What are you doing here today?" And I said, "83." And he goes, "That'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> Um, off the hustle is proud to announce that we have our first sponsorship of the show, and that is Timberstone Distribution. Check out what they have to offer. They offer stone, brick, siding, stucco, landscaping, and fireplaces. Be sure to contact them for all your needs. Their email is info at tsdstone.ca. Man, that's crazy. Like, I mean, like, like you said, grinding from like you're playing so well, you make the team. Uh, it kind of reads into my next question, actually. It's like, what is a guy, I mean, for, for me, who's missed it by a shot or two or miss a cut or whatever it is to even make the team to go or make the national spot? Um, what are some things that you thought, like, over your years of going, overcoming to get to that spot? Or, I mean, what are your grind process and just trying to touch on that? Um, one of the biggest things, again, I know I, I've listened to your other podcasts, so I know you love name dropping, so I'm going to throw some guys out here. <laughs> Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> One of the things that it took for me is like a couple. I've, I've mentioned Colin Coben already, and and I met him the first year at Kenosi, and Brad Phelps I met and became really close friends with him. We talked weekly, and Brad told me one time, and I'm going to paraphrase this a bit, that he goes, "Once you figure out that you belong here, that you can play with us, you're going to be deadly. You're going to things are going to turn around." And that was the biggest thing was everybody's got to realize that if you put it together or play your best golf, you can, you can be there. It's, it's getting past that hurdle of thinking, you know, I don't belong. And that was my problem is I'm like, you know, I, like I told you earlier, I said, I felt like for the eight years I was playing a lot of competitive golf and no disrespect to this guy, but I was the Graham Galetta Saskatchewan. I never won a tournament. But if you looked at uh, top 10 almost every week or top 20, I was always up there, but I could never, never win and still never did. And that's the one thing I think that bothers me the most. But for somebody like yourself who you said, you know, you missed it by a shot or whatever, everybody can remember where that shot is. But you just, it, it's the minute you let it go is the day that it comes together, I found. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, but I look at it like even myself, like I look at it, I, I'm very similar. Like, even when I played junior, I won a few events. And then when I moved on to amateur golf, I'm close. Like even like I said in Nippon last year, I was 71 with you guys, yeah. you and Dino. And then I fired 81 the next day. Well, but, but that's tied for, you know what I mean? Like it's just. <laughs> but that's the company you keep. Dean and I are great guys. I don't know who you played with the second day, but how can you not play well with Dean and I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I said earlier in my intro is I think the only only other guy besides Dean Brown that can rock a visor would uh, would be you. So, <laughs> oh, I used to I used to rock a mean visor, and I'd get the uh, I'd let the hair grow out, and guys would think it was one of those fake hats, and I did that just for fun. <laughs> you know, my head had heavier rough than the golf course did some tournaments, but it was just fun, right? That's the other thing yeah. you can't you can't take yourself too seriously. This is. This is amateur golf, especially when you get to nationals. Yeah. We, 
we as guys that have gone to the Canadian mid know that there's maybe 15 or 20 guys that have a shot at winning that tournament. And the other 136 of us are there to have a little bit of fun, play some golf, make some memories. That's all we're doing out there. We're, you know, we've had guys that have had really good weeks. We've had guys that have had great showings. I know 2015, we had three Saskatchewan guys in the top 10, which is unreal for us, but Mm. it's, there's just so many good golfers out there. And with the mid am being 25, like I'm 42 right now, I can't compete with you guys. I don't, I just, and nor do I really want to, I enjoy playing tournament golf and I enjoy, enjoy it, but I got to put it all together to even be anywhere near some of these young guys that are coming up. Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I mean, kind of right into the next question. Uh, you know, some of your best groups you've played in, uh, any good stories? Like, I mean, I got two. That I got kit. two, and I'll keep them somewhat clean. Um, <laughs> probably, like, before I say this, I've had a lot of great groups, and as you get into playing a lot of tournament golf, the organizers around the province and that they they know who hangs out and who does things. So Phelps and Coleman and I get paired together a lot. There was years where Dave Stewart and Tyler Wright and I get paired together a lot, and. You know, it was hard for me to be the short hitter of the group when you got Dave and Tyler bombing it out there, but it was fun. Yeah. Right? But I think probably the best group I ever had was in the 2014 Nationals in Barrie, Ontario, third round. Tyler Wright, Tim Acaster, and myself are on the team. And we're sitting in the hotel after round two, and Tim's barely going to make the cut. We're watching the leaderboard. And when it all pans out, Tim makes the cut. But we look up, and Tyler and I get paired together. So this is great. We're on the team. We're paired together. And Tyler has Aaron Robinson's going to come out and caddy for him. So I have a friend of mine from Manitoba, the, the little fella from Hamiota. His name's Chad Facey. A lot of guys in Saskatchewan won't know him. But um, Chad and I are built a lot alike. I'm a little taller, but we're both fairly round guys. And uh, <laughs> so he's caddying for me. So we get on the first tee box and we're playing with guy by the name of Luke Jabot from Quebec. I remember his name. And this guy is 50, 55 years old, not saying a word to us. And he sees these four four guys from Saskatchewan or three from Saskatchewan, one from Manitoba, and you can just see the look on his face like, this isn't going to be good. (laughs) We start on the back nine. 11th hole, I put one in the bunker. Don't get up and down. Make bogey. 12th hole is a part of five. I hit my second shot in the bunker. Leave my third one in the bunker. Hit the fourth one out, made par. But instead of walking around the bunker, I walked right through it. Thirteenth hole is a par three. I hit my tee shot in the bunker. Get up and down. So Facey's now had to rake the bunker four times in three holes. And I walked right through it. So we get to the fourteenth hole. We're in the middle of the fairway. And this is the first year we could use uh, distance measuring devices. Yeah. So Facey lasers the flag, tells me whatever par four. He goes, he goes, you're 150 yards out or whatever. And Tyler and A-Rob are right beside me. <clears throat> and I looked at Facey and I said, what's the yardage to the bunker? <laughs> they start laughing. <laughs> Facey goes, I can't say exactly what he said, but he goes, if you hit that ball in the bunker, I'm walking off the golf course. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hit the shot and he's hollering, get up. And I'm hollering, get down, hoping it goes in the bunker just to see if he'll walk off the golf course. It didn't, but (laughs) so 
So we're having fun, right? So then we get to the, we get done the 18 pole. Well, we started on 10. We got to wait for the leaders to tee off on one because we've caught them because we were the first group out. And yeah, so we're standing there waiting for the leaders to tee off. There's 30, 40 people watching. Leaders tee off. They start walking down the first first fairway. Everybody's leaving. Well, I holler at the crowd and I said, where are you guys going? We still got to play yet. And they all kind of giggled and walked away. <laughs> so they get out of the way and I hit my tee shot and we're walking off the first tee. And like I said, Chad's a short little round guy. I stuck my driver out for him to grab. And just as he went to grab it, I pulled it away and he almost did a lip stand on the tee off box. <laughs> so I hand him the driver. He puts it back in the bag and I'm walking off and I'm onto the second tee deck in front of us. Little do I know that he's taken the towel he's got around his neck and one end's wet and he he wraps it up and he straight towel whips me on the tee box. Almost drops me to my knees. And there's there's people in the clubhouse and there's people on the and they're watching this absolute gong show leaving them. At a national golf event. At a national golf event, yeah. So still still Luke hasn't said one word to us. Not a word. We get to the ninth tee, our 18th hole of the day, and he's getting ready to tee off. And he's had the tee deck all day. Tyler and I aren't playing great. We're, we're doing okay. We're shooting high 70s or whatever. And he looks at us and he said, where are you guys going to party tonight? Because I think I want to come with you guys. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's beauty. And I guess I don't know what kind of time. You got time for one more? I got another good one. Yeah, plenty. Three. Lots of time. Yeah. All right. It's awesome. The next one, I guess, was um, – the day after I shot the 83 in Edmonton, you know, I'm, I was in the tournament. I'm out of the tournament. It is what it is, right? Not a big deal. And I'm paired with guys. Will, some guys will know Grady Brown at the time. I didn't know Grady. He was living in Toronto, but he's from Saskatoon originally. He's now since moved back. Hey, also, by the way, sorry to cut you off there. I thought yeah. about actually this morning, didn't look at anything. I remember who he is now because I played with him in the, at Riverside this uh, this past summer at the, at the two man. Yeah, anyways, absolute great absolute, guy, absolute beauty. Yeah, yeah, great guy, awesome guy. So we get to the first tee box and like the the starter had already said to me, you know, what are you doing here and this and that. And so we're standing waiting for the group in front of us and we're playing with a guy from New York City. His name's Ryan Chin, and he's a smaller Asian guy. And he makes no bones about it. Another another absolute great guy. So we're standing on the first tee waiting for the group to clear and four deer run in front of the tee box and they're out in the fairway about 50 yards ahead of us. And the starter or somebody that was there says, anybody got a gun? Ryan turns around and says, oh, of course I got one. I'm from New York City. Everybody's packing a gun in New York. Well, what you need to know is Ryan's wearing this pair of skinny jean looking slacks that you know leave nothing to the imagination so i said to ryan i go there's no way you're fitting a gun in those pants so we haven't even teed off yet and we got the giggles grady's giggling and ryan's giggling so we all hit our tee shots and the other group behind us is waiting and there's people all over the place we're walking off the tee box and i make sure everybody can hear and i said ryan I got a question for you. Ryan goes, what's that? I said, how many chins are there in the Chinese phone book? Well, <laughs> absolute bedlam on the 10th tee. People are like, who is this clown? And, and we, Grady still can't hit his second shot into the creek and giggling all the way up the fairway. And it just, you know, it, 
what do you, like I said, what do you do? You, you blow up in a Canadian <laughs> mid, but you got to have fun with it. You have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> there's there's two um, of, of many, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> those are perfect stories. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'll have you on at some point again, too. Um, I want to ask, too, though, uh, some of your idols, uh, idols growing up, I mean, we're on a – I mean, you're, you're a young golfer, and then now you're moving on. You're playing competitive. Uh, just just trying to explain who your idols were kind of thing. Well, so my idols growing up, my biggest idol was my grandpa. Like I said, he's the one that taught me the game. He's the one that was there every step of the way, whether it was, you know, provincials in North Battleford as a kid or a tournament in Esteban. Like, my parents drove me around too. Don't get me wrong, but this was – he did all of that for me, and, and – him and my grandma were heavily involved in junior golf in, in the town here. And he was one of my idols growing up as far as the game goes. And I think that's kind of, it's one thing that he's instilled in me two years ago. I started a junior tournament in Cardiff again. It's, it's not a junior tournament per se where the kids come out and play golf. It's a fun event for an adult and a child. And we kind of break the rules. There are no rules really. We, we, we just have fun yeah. with it. And it's just a way to get kids involved because I used to help with the junior program and current, if there'd be 60, 70 kids involved, I took it on a couple of years ago and my numbers are down to like 20 kids. And if we don't get kids involved, we're going to lose them. So, you know, growing up, like I had, I had PGA tour idols, guys I wanted to be like, like Greg Norman was my guy, right. Growing up. Yeah. But, but as far as golfing idols in my community, there weren't, there weren't a lot of people out playing tournament golf back then, you know, but I was always that, I was that 13, 14, 15 year old kid that was playing with the men. I'd go out and yeah. play with, you know, whether it was men's night or a men's club or whatever. So that's kind of, that's kind of my, my take on idols. Um, Man, I don't know, like best course you've played in Saskatchewan. I mean, and maybe even a, your best 18 hole, or maybe you like it, best course you like it as, a, as an 18-hole course or uh, even a 9-hole. Um, I mean, like, even, like, for me, for example, like, my 9-hole favorite course would be uh, Calvington. Um, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just trying to touch on that, too. So we're, we're lucky in the sense that we've got so many great courses in the province. And yeah, for sure. There's so many different ways to play each one and different, different types. Probably I'm I probably gotta go with Riverside as my top course in the province. Just it's always in the greens are always spectacular. I like the layout. You know, you can the way I gauge a course, the way I used to gauge a course was how many clubs do I have to hit in my bag? You know. Yeah. Carniff's a great track, don't get me wrong. Nine hole, it's tough. Carniff nine hole, it's sloped at one thirty two, which is fairly high. Yeah. But you know, at Cardiff, I've played it all my life. I know where I can rip it and bomb it, and I'm not using every club in my bag. It's a great track. Yeah. Um, but I I like Kenosi too. Kenosi's close. I get to play it quite a bit. So those would be two of my top. I No disrespect to any of the other courses. I haven't played a lot of them except for a tournament here or a tournament there. You know, yeah, it's for sure. Um, you always got to travel to some of these tournaments, but you can't play them all, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just you even touch on uh, traveling, I guess. Um, I mean, maybe even last thing here for you. Um, 
uh, events for you this year? I mean, what are you excited for? Are you playing any? Um, yeah. My schedule is a little different than it used to be. Like I said, I could play up to 80 events in the summer and that was, that was due to my wife being awesome. You know, you're away from your young family a lot, but I've kind of scaled that back last year. I played nipple and that was it, but I had some stuff going on in with work and a few different things. So I didn't get out more uh, this year. I'm going to try and get back into the, the normal ones. I play nip one for sure. It's a, it's a must play. You've been there. You know what it's like mm-hmm. and as far as the atmosphere and not having to even, you can park your car for the weekend and not even move if you don't want to great yeah. golf course. Um, probably try and go back to the central again, again, another great tournament atmosphere. Um, I like the city club in Saskatoon. Um, but it's, it's, I pick tournaments based on the level of fun and camaraderie and the guys you're hanging out with and things you're doing. I see the, the mid and the am are back in at the legends in Warman. Um, that's a course I've played a ton of tournament golf on. I've played well on it. I, uh, you know, that was, that was the mid that I let slip away. That was the one I probably could have won there. So, and you got friends all over the place that now I don't have to get hotels or drag my camp or anywhere. You just go and stay with somebody. So those are probably three that I'm eyeing up. And then, you know, I always try and get to get to the one at Kenosi if I can. Um, the one in Estevan, I've only played it once. They're uh, classic. Need to get back there. So it's just weekends are tough, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. This has been great. I, I don't know if you have anything else to touch on. Um, well, any, any last, uh, ideas or stories or anything. And then, uh, I'll, let you I'll give you, I'll give you one piece of advice. I think this podcast that you're doing is phenomenal. I think it's a great idea. I just think bringing me on so early or bringing me on at all, you've just lost all legitimacy to this thing. <laughs> uh, no, I think that might've gotten me more stars for sure. Uh-huh. No, I appreciate that a lot. Appreciate it. No, I think it's, I think it's great. Like it, especially hopefully some of the younger guys are going to listen to this too. Like we got such a great group of young guys that I've got to play with at different events and meet and stuff like that. And they're starting to get it. And when I mean, yeah. get it, they, they understand what, what tournament golf in Saskatchewan is about. I hope some of these guys have success down in South and college and that, but if it doesn't pan out, you know, they can always come back here. It's competitive. It's fun, but it's just, you know, after the round, it's time for a beer and let's just have a, have a chat. Let's hang out. Let's, yeah. you know, you know, you know what it's like, especially, you know, nip one and that I've watched for years, guys go to the national event and they come off the golf course and they go straight to the putting green or the driving range or something like that. And, you know, we just want to go have a cold beer and hang out with the boys. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, you talked on that great. I mean, I know I played it actually with, uh, I think it was the Publix, maybe the City M last year. I'm not too sure, but I, I think it was the City M. But uh, Cobes, and I, I did the play with him the first time ever. And I told a few guys, hey, I'm playing with uh, Coben tomorrow. And they're like, man, have fun. Um, you know what? Like that guy, like you said, he's a legend, and he is a uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I did the play with him, and, you know, I was more intrigued watching him play golf. Like he yeah. was super good to talk to. He, his swing's so smooth. He keeps it straight, and you know, it, like just to just to, I mean, get to play with guys like that and yourself, and the and Nip when playing with the pros, also with the AMs, and there's really not a bad group in uh, this province that I've seen so far. 
No, the one thing that guys are going to do, and I'll tell you straight up, the Cobins, the Phelps, myself and that, they don't put up with the hotheads and the tantrums and the, it just, let's just go play golf and have a good day. And whatever the numbers add up to at the end of the day, they add up to, and we'll play golf again tomorrow. You know, we just want to yeah, go out and sure. have some fun. And, you know, you, you watched uh, Brownie and I last year, Nip one, neither of us were playing good, but we can still laugh and giggle and, you know, get it around. It's, well, it was kind of, it was, it was funny actually that round. I mean, like you guys both said, and I'm pretty sure Dean was like, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Drew. Like you have to watch us hacking around here, and you're, you're going, what'd you fire? Seventy one today? Like, like no one even knew what the numbers were. We were just having yeah. a good time, and then you guys both shot whatever. But I mean, it was a great four hours, and like you said, have, have a beer after or and and just talk. It's yeah, yeah. You know, like for me, a lot of those guys get to see each other a lot, right? I'm down in Carnot. If I'm six hours to Nippon, I'm five hours to Saskatoon. I'm, you know, I'm three to Regina. A lot of guys see each other on a regular basis. I don't get to, and some guys don't, and that's that's the time you can get a group of guys together and just, you know, if if we had a microphone on some of the conversations that happened in at Phelps's backyard during some of these golf tournaments where we'd have 15, 20 people back there, it'd be it'd be absolute mayhem listening to some of the stuff that comes out of our mouths. You know, we shut the golf off and we just go and have fun. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and I'm glad to see a lot of these young guys. They, they, like I said, they get it. I hope that they can excel at their game and still practice in that. But it's nice to see these guys want come in and have a beer with, you know, Colin loves that stuff too. Brad loves that stuff. You know, these guys are the ones that that they basically showed me the ropes when I come in, and I'm not one of the I'm one of the old guys, but I'm not near as old as them. Let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> and getting to see you know young guys like yourself that are coming up and just you know playing good golf too like that's what makes it tougher for us old guys yeah especially <laughs> when you're losing distance as fast as i am <laughs> man this is perfect i mean i mean i don't know if you have anything else to touch on um no not really like like i said i could tell you stories all day long but it's probably <laughs> you know it, there's there's so many because you just, you travel with so many different people and get to play with so many different guys. And, you know, there's, there's so many, even when you got in touch with me about this, I'm thinking, you know, what can I say? What can I say? Yeah. What's this story? What's that story? You know, I don't know. You want me to leave you with one more good one? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's have a send off story. And then, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously we'll shut it down, but then we'll have you on at some point too. So let's have a send off story here. So I think it was 20, 2015 pub links. The only time I only ever played in the pub links once. And I think it was because I never got invited back. And <laughs> <laughs> I played, I'd never played Tor Hill. So, and first day played okay. I think I shot one over, two over or something. And, and I can't remember which McNall I was playing with. If it was Smiley or Grumpy, and they'll, they'll tell me which one it was. And trust <laughs> me, I can call Ryan Grumpy. He knows <laughs> and we're playing with a young guy too I can't think of his name younger guy and we get to I can't quite remember the holes at Tor Hill first hole is a par 5 yep par second four. is a par 4 shoot three is the yeah. par oh, three up par 4 and then is 4 the long par 3 yeah long par 3 over the water yeah okay so we're coming down 3 fairway and my stomach starts just absolutely bubbling and I got, I got issues going on. (laughs) 
and we get to the green and I said, I, I said, boys, I got to putt out. I got to putt out and go. And somebody said, well, Carly, the bathroom isn't till the next hole. And I said, I don't care. I, I, I got to go. So I run my clubs over by the tee box. And the year before, Golf Saskatchewan was giving out these nice black towels. Golf Sass logo on them. So I unclip the towel and I go trotting off over into the buckle brush. <laughs> and uh, it's right where the mower dumps all the grass clippings. <laughs> I couldn't move any further. So I'm like, okay, I got to. I did. So I went and sacrificed the golf towel and went back. And the guys are just giggling. They're like, and I told them where I went. They're like, you realize that that greenskeeper is going to come and dump that more tomorrow and pick up that towel, don't you? And I said, I'm sorry. I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> Holy shit. No, Bill tells the story. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember who the young guy was because he's just looking at me like, who is this old guy? What, was it Dagenwald? Might have been. Yeah, a good player too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah might, that might have been, been who it was. Yeah, he was <laughs> playing well that year. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so there's one for you. You just you do what you got to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I only bring that one up because uh, McDowell always kind of asked me about it. Do you remember that time? Yeah, I remember that time. <laughs> that's beauty. Yeah, um, so. yeah, Chris, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate it, uh, you coming on today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'll be, I'll be listening. I listened to the first couple. Yeah, I think it's, like I said, I think it's good. It's going to be interesting. Everybody's, everybody's take from the, from the, the duffer, the, you know, the, the yeah. old guy like me to the, the young guys, good to hear from them. You know, I hope they do well. For sure. Right on. Okay, Chris, we'll talk to you later. Take care. You bet. <laughs> well, uh, there it is, folks. That's uh, episode number four with uh, Chris Carley. Tons of laughs. Uh, like I said, he's an absolute beauty. I hope everyone really enjoys that episode. I'm still like wiping tears from my eyes from laughing. Um, plenty of uh, good stories, uh, good insight on the game actually coming from a, from a junior growing up too. Um, I hope you guys enjoy that podcast, um, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.